Good morning, Reed Branch. The pastor asked me to give the message on Veterans Day. It's a great honor. And when I think about a veteran, a lot of things come to my mind. I remember when I first got out of the military, one of the great things about being a veteran is that they gave you money to go to college. Like the brother was saying, using those benefits. But when I went to college, they wanted to give me a work study. And that work study changed my life. It gave me a different perspective of veterans. That work study was working with the VFW, the Veterans of Foreign War. My job was to sit at the front desk, and as veterans would come in, I was to greet them. Most important, I was to listen to them and to hear their struggles, to listen to their stories. And after doing that for a while, I started to become more involved. Next thing you know, I was the quartermaster of the veterans of foreign war. And there I was helping soldiers that were struggling financially to help them get a claim of disability. And our service office was known for being the best in the whole entire state. We were proud of the work that we did and how we would help veterans. Our commander and our district commander at the time, I kept encouraging him that he should go on and to be a leader within the state. Because we had gone to several meetings and I saw a lot of potential in him. And he used to always tell me, no, no, that's not for me. I don't want to get into that politics. But one year, the vice president for the state of the Veterans of Foreign War had passed away. And they came and asked him to serve in that position. And he took that position. And he asked me if I would take his position. And I became the Veterans of Foreign War District Commander for the Kelso Longview uh, Centrella area. And even within that work, I saw a lot of different things. Every time a veteran would pass away, I would work with the widows. I would go out and be part of the 21-gun salute at that funeral. I saw so many things working in that service office. So when the pastor asked me to give this sermon, that's what came to my mind. So I titled this sermon today, The Hardship of a Soldier. Now, I want you to look at this as two types of soldiers. The soldiers that fight for our freedom and the soldiers that fight for Christ. Because if we turn to Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, Paul was passing the mantle on to Timothy when he wrote Timothy this letter. 
And he gave such a powerful comparison how Timothy should be. So if you follow along with me, I'm going to read out the King James because my wife gave this to me for my birthday. (laughs) It says, Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be a part of this family, to be able to serve my country, and still to be here today to serve you, Lord. I give you all the things. I couldn't be where I am today without turning my devotion to you. Because the way that the army left me, I was struggling. I struggled with depression. I struggled living in this civilian life. I was not used to it. But you gave me a foundation in your word. You gave me a family in your church. You gave me encouragement from those around me to mold me the way you wanted me. And I'm thankful for that. And I ask you to speak through me today as I carry this message forward so that it touch the hearts of everyone that's either watching through Facebook or listening in the pews today. ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. When when Paul was giving this letter to Timothy, the one thing that really stood out to me within this scripture, actually there's a couple words. The first is to commit. How do we commit fully? Now, if we think about a soldier, and he uses that comparison... Because he says to endure hardness as a good soldier. So how do we endure that hardness? What does that in hardness mean? Now, thinking about basic training. And we're going to talk about this single-minded devotion. The whole purpose of every single man that stood up here and the women that have served within the military, when they go to their basic training, there's really only one one purpose. That is to break them down and turn them into soldiers. Being broken down is not an easy thing. Change is not an easy thing. They had to change every single person That goes to basic training. They had to change their beliefs. And if we think about basic training. And in that process. I remember when I arrived at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. 
I think the biggest change for me was the humidity. I was from Washington State. We hadn't, I couldn't, I, I didn't know what I was walking through. It was so thick. But you know what? By the time I got off that bus with all my gear, they had us running. There was no walking in the military. We ran everywhere. If we went to breakfast, we ran. We went to lunch, we ran. We went to the barracks, we ran. We went to church on Sunday, we ran. We ran everywhere. Now, one thing about in the military, you can't complain, right? You can't even raise your hand to ask questions. No, they taught us how to stand still. Not just for a few minutes, sometimes hours. If something bad happened, oh boy. We were a team. We all worked together. So we all suffered those punishments. Someone fall asleep on guard duty, 2 o'clock in the morning, the drill sergeant comes by, guess what? We were all outside in the front leaning rust position. And not a single person questioned it. They were breaking us down. They were changing us. You know, in the military, we didn't fight for the president. Even though he was our commander in chief, we didn't fight for our sergeants. We didn't fight for our commanders. They gave us one thing that we fought for. We fought for that flag. We fought for that flag. We fought for freedom. Just like a Christian, you fight for the cross. You fight for Jesus. But in the military, we fought for that flag. If that flag was moving, we weren't. If that flag passed us, we were saluting. You know what? That flag told us when to get up in the morning. Because when that flag was rising up, they were playing the trumpets, we were getting out of the bunk. That flag told us when we were done working because that's when the flag was coming down. We served that flag. And as a soldier, when I looked at that flag, what does that flag symbolize? Well, as a soldier, the white symbolized peace. That that flag represented peace. That was our main goal, was to create peace. Now, when we look at the red... That's about all those soldiers that sacrificed their lives and blood. And when I look at that, I mourn. Those of us that have been to war, we have seen that. That's another hardship. There are some things that veterans have seen that they can't get out of their mind. They struggle. And they still struggle today. You probably know someone in your family or your friends that are going through those struggles. Even though they might try to put on that mask every day and look just as normal as can be. But on the inside, they are hurting. 
When we look at the stars in the military, that means unity. That's the coming together of the 50 states. We don't just represent one state. We represented all the states. We represented diversity. We represented inclusion. When you stood in formation, often the person standing next to you never looked at the way you looked. We learned that we were all green. And we were all soldiers. And we learned to love our brothers and our sisters. And we learned this, this sense of love that just never leaves. Like when I meet a veteran or they say thank you for your service and I say thank you for your service, there's a tingling going on inside because that is my brother. I might have never met him before or seen them before, but we have a lot in common if we have fought for that flag. Now, I like the cord. You ever looked at the cord? See, when we were in the military, the cord represented membership. Like I wore a cord that represented my membership to the quartermasters. The infantry, they wore a different cord. That represented their membership to the infantry. But if you look at top, and I think that's one thing that sometimes we neglect, that eagle, and the power of that eagle. Now, most flags have a, a trunk, spelled T-R-U-K, on the top of the flag, in the center of the post. And in that trunk, there are some things, just in case that base ever got taken over. If you were the last survivor, the last mission was the flag. And there were some things in there that is even hard to describe. There's the razor blade to cut up the flag so that the enemy didn't get it. There's a bullet in there. And there were some things that you were to do if you were the last. But you know what? In this scripture, it talks about how we should endure some of that same hardness. And I think after leaving the military, some things have changed. Now the red represents the blood that Jesus shed for me. I'm being honest, when I look at the flag, that's what I see now. Because I only could have one master, right? And that's the Lord Jesus. I'm no longer serving two masters. And I'll be honest, some soldiers struggle with serving two masters in the military. And you probably have seen some good movies on that. It is hard to take someone else's life when you know that's one of the Ten Commandments. But as a soldier, you don't have that choice. You are trained to kill. That's the purpose of basic training. Wherever you went, there's one thing you always had. And that was a rifle or a gun or a pistol. Of course, they say don't say gun in the military. <laughs> but as a Christian, we no longer have to carry that rifle. We could carry that Bible. 
Because this Bible will win any war that we face. That we need to make that change. So when I look at this, now I look at the white, I see the purity of Jesus. Sinless. That's a reflection of how I should be. I should be Christ-like. I should be righteous. But you can't be those things without Jesus. You need his spirit within you. And when we look at the stars, to me, that's the goal. That's heaven. That's where I want to go. I do not want to be here. I want to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be in his presence every single day. So now that flag symbolizes my pathway to heaven. Now I look at the cord. Hey, my name's written in the, the book of the Lamb. Think about that. You are a member of the greatest kingdom ever created. Are you wearing that cord? Are you a part of that kingdom? Now, looking at the eagle, and I was thinking about this now, this is important. Because we look at the very first sin in the Garden of Eden. That serpent, right? What does that eagle eat for lunch? I mean, think about that. What does that eagle eat for lunch? So the flag means something now. That transformation. How do we become faithful men? And be as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Now, that's where my single-minded devotion is. It's now on the Lord. It should be in everything that we do that we continue to look at the Lord. But let's be honest. There's a cost of single-minded devotion. There's a cost for every one of those soldiers that served within the army. And it's hard to talk about this, but it's something we might have to open our eyes up to, especially on this day. Do you know that there's over 40,000 veterans that are homeless? That are living on the street. Do you know some of those veterans are homeless because when they came back from the Vietnam War, they were rejected by society. And if they were rejected by society, I hope they weren't rejected by the church, but I have a feeling that some churches were rejecting soldiers. Because they looked at soldiers as killers. Just like sometimes we look at those that have committed crime and have paid their time in jail and now are free. We're a little hesitant to let them sit by us in the church, aren't we? But who did Jesus die for? Who did Jesus die for? 
Do you think Jesus would have been ashamed to talk to a killer? No, he wanted to give everyone a chance. But looking at these homeless veterans, some of them being homeless for 50 years, and I know, because when I was that service officer, we used to go down underneath the bridges and take them sleeping bags. And we tried everything. We even came together as a community, and I wrote my first grant to open up a homeless shelter for veterans that would give them the medical care, especially for mental illness, that they needed. By even doing something like that, that was one of the hardest things. There was a lot of people against creating that homeless shelter. I mean, we fought hard. We didn't get it, but we did put our best foot forward when we tried. Do you know that one in ten veterans are diagnosed with severe substance disorder? However, 10% of veterans experience extreme pain and are often prescribed painkillers. That's 10%. And to be honest, I was a part of that 10%. That was the hardest part of my life. I went to the VA. You know what the VA said? I said, you know, I have so much pain. When I wake up, I, I hurt. When I sleep, I hurt. Anytime I lay down, I hurt. They said, here, take this. This will help you sleep. I didn't ask any questions. The doctor's giving it to me, right? Prescribed it. I didn't know what tramadol was. And at that time, they didn't even consider it a narcotic. It was a new drug that was out there. And yeah, I took it. You know what? I could sleep. Oh, boy, could I sleep. I didn't feel any pain. When I slept, and I slept good every night. I didn't even remember. I don't even think I dreamed. I just take one, go to sleep. Wake up in the morning. I went about my business. Next thing you know, I was taking one when I went to sleep. Why not take one when I go to work so that I don't feel any pain while I'm at work? Five years. I took one of those pills every night and every morning. It was my prescription. I was thinking, you know, do I really need that many? But you know what it says on the bottle? Take two a day. But the Lord started convicting me. You know when it opened my eyes? I forgot my medicine one time. I drove all the way. I was on the other side of Columbia. You know what I did? I called my wife. I said, can you meet me halfway? I cannot function tomorrow without my medicine. It had taken control of me. It was controlling my life. At that time, I was like, I need to get off this stuff. Every time I didn't take it, I felt so much pain. It hurt. I've never gone such. I mean, it was more pain than I felt before I took that medicine. But you know, it's been like two, three years and I haven't touched it. And you know what? I sleep just fine. A few aches in the morning, I could deal with that. But how many veterans that have taken painkillers that no longer get those painkillers are now taking other drugs? Heroin, cocaine, becoming addicts. 
It all starts with a prescription most of the time. And they were giving it out as candy to veterans. But when we look at the veterans today, 3.9 veterans suffer from mental illness. 1.1 million of those suffer from depression. And you probably know who those veterans are. I, I remember when I came out, you could ask my wife. I was in a dark place. I did not know what to do. I, and still, often I do suffer from depression. I struggle with it. And I know my brothers and sisters struggle from it. My dad, he was not the same person after he came back from Vietnam War. It was like talking to an empty shell. No emotion whatsoever. My cousin, same way. He takes a goody powder probably three, four times every day. And he's been doing it for since he got out. But I think the worst thing is when we talk about suicide. In 2009, 312,000 veterans had serious thoughts of suicide. On an average, 44 veterans commit suicide every day. These struggles are real. What can we do to help? When you look at every single veteran that came up this morning, what do we all have in common? That's how we could help. Who can we witness to? We could witness to those because I know I am where I am today, not because of what I could do or what I did in the military, but because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those veterans that are surviving, believe me, you as a family means a lot to them to get them through those hard times. So when you think about veterans, your kids that have served, your parents that have served, your cousins, aunts, uncles, friends, what can we do to help? What we could do to help is lead them to the cross. Because they know what it's like to be broken down. They know what it's like to be changed. Just like Jesus takes us and breaks us down and creates a new person. It could help those. So on Veterans Day, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about those veterans that could use a friend that believes in Jesus.